All right. I think uh, we got a lot of things actually working out well so far tonight. Although it probably just jinxed us. <laughs> yeah, Bill, you plan on sticking around for the rest of the show? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, th- I feel like you did a great job last time. It was good. The ratings went up, I think, 89%. <laughs> I'm sure they did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no more wasting time. It is that time of the night. It is 9 o'clock Eastern time. Hello and welcome to U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live. Thank you so much for tuning in. Happy Hour Live brings you interviews with some of the biggest names in the U.S. rugby scene. And tonight we have U.S. men's rugby on our minds. U.S. men's head coach Scott Lawrence and U.S.A. scrum half and Toyota Cheetah for the second time. Ruben DeHaas join us tonight. If you are listening in live on Facebook, YouTube, or LinkedIn, you can leave comments or questions in those chats or join us over here on Twitter Spaces on the mobile app on your phone. And you can even ask your own question of our guests live tonight. Also, if you're not already following us, please do so at Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning to get updates on future shows and news about USA Rugby, Major League Rugby, and much more. I'm Bill Baker of Eagles Overseas and fresh off his voice cracking appearance on the Rugby Pickin' Podcast, <laughs> John Fitzpatrick. What's up, Fitzy? <laughs> I had a chuckle. That was good. Nice intro. It's going to be a show like that tonight, huh? It is. It is. Right off the bat. Uh, I I immediately thought of the Brady Bunch episode where one of the kids loses their voice during a sing-off. I think it's the show. I don't know. Maybe I'm dating myself. You are dating yourself on that reference, Bill. Big time. All right. Well, none of that then. Hey, so uh, I don't know. Did you you watch any of the U23 women's match tonight? I did. I was able to watch a little bit while my family was also watching Harry Potter. So... Oh, nice. It was like like a picture in picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I was actually it was a 24 to five loss to Canada. You know, I, I felt the game was closer than the score showed. You know, USA, no lack of physicality in that match. I mean, there were hard hits left and right. Um, uh, but I am a little worried about injuries to uh, to May Sacapolo, uh, who we know is heading off to Leicester Tigers soon. And mm-hmm. Sirena uh, um, Volano, I think her name, last name is of Chicago Lions. They both went down late in the match. Uh, but uh, what stuck out for you, Fitzy? There's some good play out there. There was. It was a physical game, as you mentioned. And, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think the score really reflected the the, the effort and the performance that the, the the U.S. U23 team put on. I think there were multiple times. I, I forget in the beginning there, the woman who had that long break <laughs> nearly got over the line. Yeah, Susan. She, she converts that one. That one scores. I think that changes things a little bit. But, uh, you know, good. Just one for fans to be able to watch that on the Rugby Network, right? Awesome opportunity and showcase yeah. for that for that program. Yeah, I saw a number of guys, a number of people in the crowd that uh, are familiar to me from the Free Jacks matches. So good good crowd. Free Jacks put on a good, uh, um, you know, environment, good rugby, rugby watching environment. It's a nice field. Uh, I think you mentioned um, Susan uh, Adegoki. Of Life University, I, I, she's a spitting image of Nia Tapper. I think she has so much skill, and she set up that USA try at the end of the match. Uh, and then uh, Eddie, um, yeah, I'm sorry, Etty, uh, who was heading off to sell, sell Sharks, or not heading off is, is returning to sell Sharks, played really well in the centers as well. I mean, very physical. I think they're going to do better on Sunday against yeah. Canada. Uh, I, I just think Canada just got them a little bit on the outsides too much with uh, maybe with their speed. I'm not sure. Canada's a strong program. I mean, from their from their senior side to to twenty three, it's a it's a fierce rivalry. So yeah, I'm looking forward to Sunday. A little rematch. Yeah, I think some podcast friends of ours would call this uh, Canada Hate Week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Where are those guys? We don't Bring do them back. 
We don't do that. We're, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. With that said, man, let's get into it. Our, our first guest is waiting here. Uh, you know, I, I couldn't really write something witty for him because I, it's just, I know it's a lot on his mind, which I think it's a lot on my mind also, but let's just say he's preparing for his first matches at the helm of this team. Uh, let's all welcome USA men's rugby head coach, Scott Lawrence. Hey, Scott. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on again. If you were to write your own intro, what would, what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> Here comes the most uncomfortable guy in podcast history. <laughs> oh, wait. I thought that was me. Yeah, <laughs> all right. That's good. That's good to know. Uh, all right. So uh, you're down in Charlotte. Um, it's uh, slightly warm down there, 92 Although the weather app I read today said it feels like 93, so that's much important. Yeah. Uh, how are you doing with the heat? And then more importantly, how's the team handling it? I'm a veteran. You know, I've been in Georgia for over 20 years yeah. now. So, you know, um, you're used to drinking air uh, down here. And um, I think, you know, the <laughs> the players in general, um, they, they've struggled, you know, I, I think as, as they should. But we're going to Bucharest and it's a hundred degrees and pretty close Ooh. to the same humidity right now. So it's good preparation. And, and I think they're taking that in stride. They, they know we're in the right environment to prepare them the best we can. So that's been good. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause when I moved to Atlanta years ago to play, not to play, I moved down there and then I played, it was like chewing air. It was just so thick. Yeah. Uh, but so keep it going. I was going to suggest maybe training at four in the morning where it's going to be 75, but don't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stick with the hot humidity. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, it's been all right. Good. So yeah. Yeah. Thanks Scott. Uh, so let's get into it. Camp in Charlotte. Um, let's talk about your goals with this camp. Anything specific or more about the team building and training together? Are you training for any specific team you're facing next, next month? We want to install a new game plan into the into the team. Um, you know, we've had uh, it's a it's a pretty fresh group. So, you know, priority number one is to get some um, new players able to play test rugby, uh, but then also playing in a way that probably suits the new new player group that's coming through. Uh, and a game plan. So it's kind of a double sided coin. So we talk about. Uh, the concept of playing freely and we call that zero G and uh, we're just trying to get this young playing group to get maximum minutes in, in zero G if that makes sense. So our uh, really our benchmark is when we're playing the way we want to play, we're playing free um, and, uh, and we're able to, to play what's in front of us a bit better than, uh, then we want to get, you know, seconds and minutes in that. And, so when I when I think about the the goal, like you know, I don't know if you've heard, we we tied this year to Project Mercury, mm. and Project Mercury, every single mission went a little bit higher, a little bit faster, spent more time in space, and orbited the Earth more times. And uh, you know, so we've kind of tied that to these three games, and that's really what we want to do. We just want to go a little bit higher each game, more time in zero G. Um, playing freely so i know that's kind of touchy-feely but but that's it that's it's a very simple metric uh for us right now well scott i love that uh i love that term zero g did you was that you who came up with that or was that just the concept the team kind of developed together uh i myself and uh jimmy harrison the analyst uh came up with it 
And, uh, you know, I tell you what, the space program gives you a heck of a lot to be proud of and a lot of material, oh, yeah. a lot of material to work with, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Very aspirational. And, you know, speaking of, you mentioned some of the, the, the fresh new players in the group. I think I read somewhere something like 18 of the 33 players that have assembled for camp have not earned a cap for men's, for the men's Eagles. Yeah. You know, was that, in, was that in part to shake things up or perhaps maybe trying to include some players that maybe just didn't have the opportunity in the past? It was a, it was a bit of, um, it was a bit of what you talked about there, but also circumstance. So, uh, you know, we weren't, we didn't have a reg nine window. Uh, so, you know, the players from mm. abroad were not released from their clubs uh, for this, which afforded the opportunity uh, for some players to poke their head through and be a part of the assembly. And, uh, you know, we had uh, 14 guys who were in the pool um, who were injured during the MLR season. So, you know, I, I think those things are injury is a natural part of sport but i think that allowed us to do that now if i had had an absolute you know the shot that i really wanted it probably would have been a little bit lower number so that we had the right mentorship and experience in the team um and uh so so now that mix is a little bit tilted but we've adjusted by really having a strong we call it a co-pilot program which is a strong mentorship uh, from current internationals and in, down to younger players. And then that mentorship will extend into the U-20s uh, going forward as well. well that's, that's very cool. Uh, so it's kind of like, you know, a younger player gets paired up with an older player, kind of show them the way, talk about what what it means to play for, for USA Rugby, something along those lines. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit about, you know, the meaning, you know, we talk about, the values of our of this program are our, our love, work, and energy, and uh, and so it's what does that really mean? Those are nice words, but what does that mean in your actions, and and how does that look like? So that's part of it, but it could be as simple as, hey, where do I find the training film? Uh, how do I get my laundry in? Because you know I'm missing my socks the next morning for training. Um, little tips and tricks. We're about ready to go into. Uh, Romania and there's a there's a group of players here who haven't traveled they may have traveled abroad but they haven't performed in a test match abroad and all the things that can go into that um, are things that experienced players know how to deal with and uh, so you know it, it, it's a lot of a lot to it very cool yeah and I want to touch a little bit on um, you know, maybe some of these MLR rookies or, you know, guys that have maybe just come out of college, right? So they've got a year under the belt now, Colin Gross, Sam Gollett, two in particular. So drawing on your experience coaching in college at Life and then assistant coaching with the U.S. and now as the head coach, are those players proof of how the college game maybe has grown here? Or let me rephrase that. Do you feel like the, the college game is being played at a higher level than say maybe five or 10 years ago, enabling some of those players like a Colin or a Sam to try and have an impact in the Eagles camp? Definitely. Um, the, the college game has, has gotten better. Um, that's for sure. Uh, over the last five to 10 years. I mean, I, the guy, I hope you guys don't overlook is a kid that we pulled in just for development um, because we wanted to see, and that's Eric Storty from St. Mary's. 
Hmm. You know, and Eric's in camp and he's doing really well. And uh, he's going to be one for the future. So, you know, I think, I think to answer your question directly, yes, the collegiate game is getting better. Um, I think there are some areas that we can do even better with the collegiate game. Uh, and, you know, I'd like to see us uh, be better about um, the number of foreign players that are playing in the top programs. So there are a limited number of programs that are uh, fully funded. And I, you know, obviously selfishly, I'd like to see that money spent on American players uh, that want to play for the Eagles and play in the MLR someday. So, um, so I think that's it. And, you know, with that guys comes really solid reg eight ed- education. So reg eight says if you're in the country for five years, you know, you become eligible. Um, so it's that and it's around eligibility and, and, you know, there's a bunch of stuff that goes into it that we're working really actively with not only, um, the collegiate game, but also the MLR on how to provide better pathways. Uh, listeners, just a quick update for you. If you'd like to come up here and ask Scott a question or our second half guest of Ruben de Haas, you can do so on the Twitter mobile app on your phone uh, from the bottom left of the screen. Go ahead and click that. We'll get you up here as soon as possible, and you can ask your own question. Uh, Scott, you know what I've been really curious about and looking at this player pool? You know, I'm really curious what the process is like when inviting players like Tomas Avani to camp. You know, players who have – maybe capped for previous countries like he did in 2018. Well, last time in 2018 with Italy. Uh, but, you know, is it as simple? I'm sorry to say, is it as simple as sending a text say, hey, what are you doing this summer? <laughs> <laughs> well, when you think about, like, um, Nick McCarthy, who's, you know, coming here from mm-hmm. Leinster, and you think about uh, Tomo, these guys have been knocking on our door for two to three years. You know, mm-hmm. Tomaso in particular for two two years, and uh, and so you know, it just happened to be an opportunity in that uh, you know Bryce Campbell is is had knee surgery, um, and uh, will be back you know for the September series, and so Tomo was available. You know, Tomo was a natural fit, so he got his crack, and uh, you know, so you know, I think we're not. At least I'm not. I mean, I, I don't want to speak for others, but I'm not out actively looking for people with U.S. eligibility around the world and begging them to come play for our Eagles. I appreciate the fact when a guy says, "I really want to represent the United States." Mm-hmm. My grandfather was, you know, U.S. citizen. My my parents. I was born in Boston. This, you know, I really want to do this. And they're these guys are very persistent in following up. And, uh, you know, and, and responsive. So so those are the guys we've got now. And, and that falls in line with your mindset of you need you want players who want to be here, who want to wear the USA uniform. Yeah, I would I would you know, I wouldn't last very long as a coach, but, uh, you know, and maybe I won't, you know, I'm still, you know, this isn't a done deal here. So, but I'd, I'd no. rather, I'd rather lose every game, you know, uh, and, but have players who, who want to, that love the Jersey. It's just, you know, um, I had a strength and conditioning coach that said something to me. He said one time, he said, some guys know how to make John Deere. Some guys know how to do Massey Ferguson. I'm a Massey Ferguson guy. And, uh, you know, that just means I only know how to do it one way. And, you know, and, and the pro the coach, the teams I've enjoyed coaching and being a part of, and I think have had some success or 
guys that are really willing to work hard for each other and really want it. And uh, you can do a lot with that. And, and talking about players who are, you know, big supporters of the USA system and really want it. A number of veterans just announced their retirement recently. You're looking at Will Hooley, Ryan Mattias, uh, Dina Waldron announced it officially today. Will Hooley and Ryan playing extremely well at MLR this past season. Uh, these aren't easy shoes to fill, are they? No, they're not. I, they're, they're not. You know, I think we've got we've got some big shoes to fill on some of these players, but I think, you know, we also have to look at the aging playing population that is in the MLR. You know, there was an initial bump of players that mm-hmm. came in in the beginning and have been five, six-year pros and um, now, and, and so they, they're good opportunities. And I think Sam and Colin are, are, are good examples of what's achievable, but probably anomalies in the, um, in the draft classes that are coming through uh, in terms of ones that are getting actual meaningful minutes. So, you know, that's something with, there's a young group that's coming in and we have to get past vanity numbers of how many opportunities there are and get to quantitative real measures of how many minutes are they playing and, um, you know, and, and are they, are they actually getting on the pitch and developing, uh, if we want to fill those shoes. Got it, Scott. And, and speaking of some of the veterans, there are a few players who are unavailable because they're maybe re you know, recovering from some injuries. Um, but like a, a guy like David Anui, he's he's not in the mix for these August matches. Anything you can share there around him being unavailable? It was due to that. Uh, so Reg Nine is the is the opportunity uh, that you know you get an official release from the club. And uh, so without a Reg 9 window, the, uh, they wouldn't release him. Um, you know, and that's, that's their right as a club. They're, they're not required to do that. So, um, so yeah, he's, he's, he's not available due to that. Got it. So our, our next guest uh, around 930 is USA Eagles scrum half, Ruben De Haas. Now, I got to ask this question. He scored a 42-meter drop goal, I believe, against Canada in, like, 2021. So our question – does Ruben have the green light to attempt more drop goals? Uh, if, if he makes it, that's zero G, right? <laughs> Whoa, nice. <laughs> so. If he misses it, that's a big crash back to earth, that's for sure. But no, <laughs> no. no he's, we're, we're, we're really trying to grow these guys. And like we said, we want them to get excited. We talk about going to the party. You know, when you see an opportunity, be brave. Do the obvious thing. The obvious thing is a drop goal and you can slot it. Then we want you to be brave and go do it. And uh, that's that's the way we're approaching it. Well, maybe we can get uh, Ma'a Nono to do that because he's uh, been famous for kicking uh, drop goals in the MLR we season. We made here. one, but that uh, one in the <laughs> final was a Shank Eponymous. Yeah, that was definitely Shank, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do want to say a quick note there, Scott. I ran into uh, Bryce Campbell in, in, at the match in Chicago, and no one was more disappointed than he was in what he's going through right now and not being in camp. It just You can just see it in his face how the captain is just devastated not to be ready to go. Uh, you know, and, and, and so if you can say this for me or answer this for me, you know, him out, AJ, who have been the captains for the side for a bit now, are there other players stepping up saying, I want to be the captain now? I want, I want to lead this team. We have a group that's uh, called Fido, 
you know, along with the theme. So, uh, and, uh, you know, there's some guys in there that have been a part of this group, um, for a while now. So, uh, like Nate Osberger is a great example. Uh, Dylan Fawcett mm-hmm. is in that group. Greg Peterson, uh, is in the group, uh, Tavita Lopetti, who I believe is a young up and coming leader that we're trying to develop to take the team forward over the next few years. So, all good candidates uh, to do that. Um, and, uh, you know, and our captain will come out of this, uh, will come out of this Fido group. And, and, uh, you know, I think we've got a, it, for me, it's better to have a good core than just a good captain. You know, it's just, you know, a really strong core, core you had in a Paul Mullen and who's really good about the environment. And now you've got a group of guys that you can rally around and, whoever wears the game day is, is a tactical decision that we'll make. But, you know, there's four or five other captains that are controlling different aspects of the environment each day. And Scott, let's, let's talk about your coaching staff here. Uh, you know, you added Nick Easter who who's played in three world cups with England, you know, Blake Bradford from life. Um, Alama, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't pronounce names tonight. Alama. <laughs> Alama. Lord. Yeah. Alama. Thank you. As your attacking coach, you know he's got a ton of history with Samoa and, and Auckland head coach. Yeah. Uh, talk about what this cat, this coaching staff offers you and the team. An immense amount of diversity. You know, we did some personality profiling and how we could work together better coming into the camp. And it was, you know, when you took the support staff in terms of medical and things off the board, and you look at the coaching staff, it's it spread across the board, which is really exciting. Um, because they can they can step up in different ways, but you know the thought process behind building this staff was a was kind of a one Blake and Elvis from an American coaching perspective uh, wanted them to have strong coaches they could work with to help develop them. So there's a pathway for two American uh, coaches to come through. Uh, Al. Uh, plays the way he coaches attack is the way that we want to play. So it it kind of matched what we thought was our, our strength in the, the American playing base. Um, and then Nick, I just wanted a grumpy Englishman. I, we just needed more edge to our defense. And, you know, just a hard man, just a hard man to and the you know he, he, and he does that. And you know, kind of the unsung hero is a guy that uh, Grant Keenan, who's from the Crusaders, these Crusaders Academy, but we've placed a real priority on personal development and skill development. And he's really mastered that. And, uh, you know, the one-on-ones the players are getting each day and the, and the development has been massive and, and Grant will be a part of us for the next few months here, because I think we can, we can get a lot accomplished on the individual player basis between now and the November test series. Scott, before we get to the November test series, I want to chat a little bit about the three matches in August. Those will be your first matches at the helm. Any any butterflies? You feeling nervous yet? <laughs> no, I don't. You know, <laughs> luck is for the unprepared, as they say. So, you uh, know, I'm, I, I'm, I feel confident that the, the team is getting better. and um, And I know that sounds cliche, but honestly that's that's the only thing i care about is can we show improvement each and every day are we showing improvement from game to game are we in zero g more and more so um you know 
I think the coaching staff joked. They said, you know, my pulse never gets above 105. So, you know, it's just, it just kind of um, really objective about it. And, and, and I think I know where we are and, and, and just set expectations accordingly. Yeah. And, and, the, and the three matches are against squads, right, that have qualified for the World Cup in September. So I guess you feel like the team has or maybe the players have something, say, extra to play for or prove by having a good showing against these teams that have qualified for the World Cups, maybe maybe a, like a chip on their shoulder, so to speak. Maybe some of the guys that came out of the qualifiers last year, you know, they might they might have that a little bit. Um I think if you just go back to the squad mix with the number of new players in the mix, I think a lot of them are just trying to earn their respect of each other and, and of the jersey right now, you know, as, as a priority. That's that's the general feeling I get, but, um, you know, it's probably down to a player-by-player basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and certainly results are an easy way for, for fans like me and Bill and others listening to measure or – compare stack up but you know are there outside of wins and losses are there certain elements you're looking for slash hoping to accomplish in these in this three match series so you know i think it's to to embed you you have an idea of what your game plan is and you know and then it starts to take live fire so i think it's really sharpening what is the in at the next level of detail what the american game plan is so, you know, we, we walk out of that. That will give us a real profile for the players that will be part of squads going forward. So that's that's the one objective. Uh, the other one is around setting the identity of the Eagles environment and creating the environment that's going to create ideal Eagles going forward. That uh, if we can if we can lock that in over the course and we're consistent in maintaining the standards of that environment, then the right players will come into it. Uh, they, you know, that's what we believe. So, um, again, those are those are hard to measure, but uh, but at this time in our in where we are, uh, that's that's the objectives. Uh, Rook, listeners, again, we have about four or five minutes left with Scott Lawrence. If you'd like to ask a question, you can go ahead and request in the bottom left of the Twitter mobile app. You have to be on your phone on the app in order to talk directly to us. Or you can leave a question real quick on YouTube, LinkedIn, or Facebook, although it looks like Facebook's not working, but that's okay. Uh, Scott, let's talk about Pathways. Let's talk about the U20 program right now, yeah. uh, 0-3 yeah. and what's going on now. But um, could easily be 2-1. Those are close matches. Yeah. You know, How would you rate the team's performance so far? Yeah, I had a call with Kyle today, and – you know, just we we were just talking about you know it's time to let the the just enjoy this last one, let the boys play. Um, mm-hmm. You know, take the lessons from this. We haven't been in that tournament in six years. Um, I think uh, you can't replicate going to Kenya and playing that many games in that short period of time, no matter what simulation you run in training. And so that six year gap uh, had an impact on the team, and it was very much expected um, the only thing we really asked of Kyle this year was qualify improve the team um, which I think has happened you know by mm-hmm. the fact that they they were really like you said had a really good shot had a lead to beat Uruguay and Uruguay's in the final 
right? So that, you know, they're not far off uh, from where they need to be, but really take the lessons, get the core together, build relationships with coaches that are going to provide players and set ourselves up for the next one. Ultimately, I want these guys to win that thing in 2025. So we're kind of on a three-year build here with that program. And and uh, we want to get to the Junior World Championship, and we want to stay there. Nice. Uh, we're with you on that one. Let's go for that. All right. Uh, listener question. Alistair, are you there? Alistair. Doesn't want to be there. there oh, there we go. <laughs> Struggled to find the the mute button there. Um, yeah, I, I just had a question about, I mean, you're coming after from the MLR, you were a coach in the MLR. Now you're coming to the national team and I'm really interested in how your perspective has changed with that, that transition. And I'm curious to know, like how has your view of what MLR needs to do for the national team changed as you moved from an MLR coach with an MLR coach's concerns to the national team coach with national team yeah. concerns. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, I was a national team coach, then I was an MLR coach, and then I'm back to being a national team coach again. So we kind of approached it, <laughs> approached it from that perspective. I, I think the, um, the, the big thing is, is we just have to respect the fact that this is you know, the relationships that exist in between unions and professional leagues. It's it's a multiplayer game, multiple owners, and everybody needs to act in their own best interest. That's that's the way the game works. So I don't expect um, the MLR to help USA Rugby. I expect the MLR and USA Rugby to help each other. Um, and that comes through the form of and, and these are the conversations that are happening is, you know, um, on a regular basis and where we're moving is, is we want a good player base in the MLR. The MLR needs a good player base. Uh, we want to qualify America's one and go to 2027 World Cup. The MLR wants the same thing. We have the same goals in mind. Um, and there's there's not more traction than there's ever been. So I don't know if I answer your question, Alistair, because I wouldn't point, I, I wouldn't say MLR, you need to do this. I would say we need to have an integrated pathway where the MLR is part of the pathway, not running alongside it. And in order for that to, to happen, we, we need to look at uh, from our perspective, USA rugby's perspective, more development of players uh, so that they can play at the standard of the league today and, and you know, feature more often. Um, and, uh, and we need to look at things like U.S. eligibility and, you know, are we really recruiting guys that, you know, mom or dad or grandpa was from the U.S., but they have no desire to be an eagle. And, you know, we need to be looking critically at those things. So there's, there's a lot of that goes into it at the moment. Scott, do you have time for two more questions? Of course. All right, let's go to another listener. Let's get Adam Adamson. How you doing, Adam? Hey, guys. Thanks. Uh, Coach, really appreciate the leadership you showed with the U-20s, getting the fundraising going on that and putting together a good a good runway for those guys. So really uh, kudos to you on that. Uh, a question from the outside looking in, the, the 
men's national team has has had kind of a, a hodgepodge of matches over the last four years, ever since the ARC uh, ceased to exist. Can you shed some light on what that process is to get matches scheduled for the national team? And then going forward to 2024, do we do we have the announcement yet that there is going to be a, a formal competition that the men's Eagles will be part of? Thanks. I'll hang up. All right. Yeah. Good, good question, Adam. And, you know, you, you've highlighted something there in terms of inconsistency. So, we, you know, the, we got to build a commercial product that people come to. That's part of it uh, so that we can, you know, stand on our own two feet commercially, which helps the performance and performance helps the commercial. So consistent fixtures against consistent opponents where rivalries can be built is, is, a, is a key piece of that. So the way the process works is there's – certain agreements that are in place so there's you know there's an agreement with with scotland for example so you know we we will play scotland next year in july you know that's a that's an agreement that's got a three-year runway and then now we're going with world rugby um working through uh the concept of a tournament next year that we expect will be ratified in september and which would give us at least confidence on the number of games and who we're playing for the next two years, um, which is massive because it helps with that 2025 qualification. Uh, you can start to build a real plan around it as an organization. So more to come in September, though. You know, I hope that gets ratified. It's an it's an exciting opportunity, and you know we could be playing as as little as uh you know 11 and as many as uh 13 test matches next year which is phenomenal wow wow thank you adam all right uh let's go to one more question i'm gonna get up here in a second because i had another one waiting in line and he dropped out but we can go to uh Jaden clark as soon as he gets up here hey Jaden. uh how you doing can you guys hear me yeah. Oh, okay. I just had a question for Coach real quick. Um, I, knowing you came from the MLR, like in the American like grassroots scene, like h- how do you feel like like the MLR? You think that's headed to like just grabbing college player, or you think it's trying to still grab like guys like that's planned for like competitive like you know clubs like semi pro clubs still? Like what direction would you say you would have to go for that? Yeah, I I think the um. You know, the MLR teams are incredibly open in terms of their academies and bringing guys in. I think um, the the collegiate game maybe has a bit of an advantage because there's a draft and there's a formal process and a, and a player pool that can go in. So, uh, you know, I don't know if you're asking me how you would get a look, but I would say it's if that is the question, then it's you got to do a bit of self-promotion. Um, you'd have to get, you know, get yourself into – one of the more solid MLR academies, and they're always looking to pull players through. Um, you know, they, it's not a lack of desire uh, to find players, if that makes sense. Yeah, thanks for the question. Scott, uh, we really appreciate the time you've given us tonight. Uh, I know you're a busy man this week, next couple of weeks. Uh, good luck heading out overseas. Uh, when's that? In two weeks from now? Saturday. Sat- okay, sorry. <laughs> Three days from now. Uh, but yeah. 
seriously, thank you so much for joining us, giving us your time. Again, I know you're a busy, man. Uh, great information for us and also great questions on the list. So thank you again, Scott. Yeah, my pleasure. And don't keep Ruben on here too long. He's got a big day tomorrow, so I need to get some food. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, training at 4 a.m. right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, all right, guys. all right. No promises, but we'll do our all best. Right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Hey, listener, we really appreciate you tuning in to these replays of Twitter Spaces U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live. That was just the first half of the show. Be sure to check out the second half and previous shows here on your favorite podcast player. Also, please like, subscribe, or follow, and leave us a five-star review that helps get these shows in front of more and more listeners. Now, what are you waiting for? Go check out the other shows.